section twenty nine of guy mannering this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by dion gines salt lake city utah guy mannering or the astrologer by sir walter scott volume one chapter twenty six the elliots and armstrongs did convene they were a gallant company ballad of johnny armstrong without noticing the occupations of an intervening day or two which as they consisted of the ordinary sylvan amusements of shooting and coursing have nothing sufficiently interesting to detain the reader we pass to one in some degree peculiar to scotland which may be called a sort of salmon hunting this chase in which the fish is pursued and struck with barbed spears or a sort of long-shafted trident called a waster is much practised at the mouth of the esk and in the other salmon rivers of scotland the sport is followed by day and night but most commonly in the latter where the fish are discovered by means of torches or fire grates filled with blazing fragments of tar-barrels which shine a strong though partial light upon the water on the present occasion the principal party were embarked in a crazy boat upon a part of the river which was enlarged and deepened by the restraint of a millware where others like the ancient bacchanals in their gambols ran along the banks brandishing their torches and spears and pursuing the salmon some of which endeavoured to escape up the stream while others shrouding themselves under roots of trees fragments of stones and large rocks attempted to conceal themselves from the researches of the fishermen these the party in the boat detected by the slightest indications the twinkling of a fin the rising of an air-bell was sufficient to point out to these adroit sportsmen in what direction to use their weapon the scene was inexpressibly animating to those accustomed to it but as brown was not practised to use the spear he soon tired of making efforts which were attended with no other consequences than jarring his arms against the rocks at the bottom of the river upon which instead of the devoted salmon he often bestowed his blow nor did he relish though he concealed feelings which would not have been understood being quite so near the agonies of the expiring salmon as they lay flapping about in the boat which they moistened with their blood he therefore requested to be put ashore and from the top of a hue or broken bank enjoyed the scene much more to his satisfaction often he thought of his friend dudley the artist when he observed the effect produced by the strong red glare on the romantic banks under which the boat glided now the light diminished to a distant star that seemed to twinkle on the waters like those which according to the legends of the country the water kelpie sends for the purpose of indicating the watery grave of his victims then it advanced nearer brightening and enlarging as it again approached till the broad flickering flame rendered bank and rock and tree visible as it passed tinging them with its own red glare of dusky light 
and resigning them gradually to darkness or to pale moonlight as it receded by this light also were seen the figures in the boat now holding high their weapons now stooping to strike now standing upright bronzed by the same red glare into a colour which might have befitted the regions of pandemonium having amused himself for some time with these effects of light and shadow brown strolled homewards towards the farmhouse gazing in his way at the persons engaged in the sport two or three of whom are generally kept together one holding the torch the others with their spears ready to avail themselves of the light it affords to strike their prey as he observed one man struggling with a very weighty salmon which he had speared but was unable completely to raise from the water brown advanced close to the bank to see the issue of his exertions the man who held the torch in this instance was the huntsman whose sulky demeanour brown had already noticed with surprise come here sir come here sir look at this one he turns up a side like a sow such was the cry from the assistants when some of them observed brown advancing ground the waster will man ground the waster will hold him down ye hannet the pith of a cat were the cries of advice encouragement and expostulation from those who were on the bank to the sportsmen engaged with the salmon who stood up to his middle in water jiggling among broken ice struggling against the force of the fish and the strength of the current and dubious in what manner he should attempt to secure his booty as brown came to the edge of the bank he called out hold up your torch friend huntsman for he had already distinguished his dusky features by the strong light cast upon them by the blaze but the fellow no sooner heard his voice and saw or rather concluded it was brown who approached him than instead of advancing his light he let it drop as if accidentally into the water the devil's in gabriel said the spearsman as the fragments of glowing wood floated half blazing half sparkling but soon extinguished down the stream the devil's in the man i'll never master him without the light and a braver kipper could i but land him never resisted abound a pair of cleek some dashed into the water to lend their assistance and the fish which was afterwards found to weigh nearly thirty pounds was landed in safety the behaviour of the huntsman struck brown although he had no recollection of his face nor could conceive why he should as it appeared he evidently did shun his observation could he be one of the footpads he had encountered a few days before the supposition was not altogether improbable although unwarranted by any observation he was able to make upon the man's figure and face to be sure the villains wore their hats much slouched and had loose coats and their size was not in any way so peculiarly discriminated as to enable him to resort to that criterion he resolved to speak to his host dinmont on the subject but for obvious reasons concluded it were best to defer the explanation until a cool hour in the morning the sportsmen returned loaded with fish 
upwards of one hundred salmon having been killed within the range of their sport the best were selected for the use of the principal farmers the others divided among their shepherds cotters dependents and others of inferior rank who attended these fish dried in the turf smoke of their cabins or shealings formed a savoury addition to the mess of potatoes mixed with onions which was the principal part of their winter food in the meanwhile a liberal distribution of ale and whisky was made among them besides what was called a kettle of fish two or three salmon namely plunged into a cauldron and boiled for their supper brown accompanied his jolly landlord and the rest of his friends into the large and smoky kitchen where this savoury mess reeked on an oaken table massive enough to have dined johnny armstrong and his merry men all was hearty cheer and huzza and jest and clamorous laughter and bragging alternately and raillery between whiles our traveller looked earnestly round for the dark countenance of the fox-hunter but it was nowhere to be seen at length he hazarded a question concerning him that was an awkward accident my lads of one of you who dropped his torch in the water when his companion was struggling with the large fish awkward returned a shepherd looking up the same stout young fellow who had speared the salmon he deserved his pegs for it to put out the light when the fish was on one's witters i'm well convinced gabriel dropped the ruffies in the water on purpose he does na like to see anybody do a thing better than himself ay said another he's sair shamed of himself else he would have been up here the night gabriel likes a little of the good thing as well as any of us is he of this country said brown no na he's been but shortly in office but he's a fell hunter he's from down the country some gate on the dumfries side and what's his name pray gabriel but gabriel what oh lord kens that we dinna mind folks after names muckle here they run so muckle into clans ye see sir said an old shepherd rising and speaking very slow the folks hereabout are all armstrongs and elliots and sick like two or three given names and so for distinction's sake the lairds and farmers have the names of their places that they live at as for example tam a todshaw willa the flat hobby a sorby trees and our good master here of the charley's hope a well sir and then the inferior sort o people ye'll observe are kenned by sorts a by-name some of them as glaikit christie and the duke's davy or maybe like this lad gabriel by his employment as for example todd gaby or hunter gaby he's no been long here sir and i dinna think anybody kens him by any other name but it's no right to rin him down ahint his back for he's a fell fox-hunter though he's maybe no just so clever as some of the folk here away with the waster after some further desultory conversation the superior sportsmen retired to conclude the evening after their own manner leaving the others to enjoy themselves unawed by their presence that evening 
like all those which brown had passed at charlie's hope was spent in much innocent mirth and conviviality the latter might have approached to the verge of riot but for the good women for several of the neighbouring mistresses a phrase of a signification how different from what it bears in more fashionable life had assembled at charlie's hope to witness the event of this memorable evening finding the punch-bowl was so often replenished that there was some danger of their gracious presence being forgotten they rushed in valorously upon the recreant revellers headed by our good mistress ali so that venus speedily routed bacchus the fiddler and piper next made their appearance and the best part of the night was gallantly consumed in dancing to their music an otter hunt the next day and a badger baiting the day after consumed the time merrily i hope our traveller will not sink in the reader's estimation sportsman though he may be when i inform him that on this last occasion after young pepper had lost a forefoot and mustard the second had been nearly throttled he begged as a particular and personal favour of mr dinmont that the poor badger who had made so gallant a defence should be permitted to retire to his earth without farther molestation the farmer who would probably have treated this request with supreme contempt had it come from any other person was contented in brown's case to express the utter extremity of his wonder well he said that's queer enough but since ye take his part devil a tyke shall meddle with him mare in my day well even mark him and can't him the captain's brock and i'm sure i'm glad i can do anything to oblige you but lord save us to care about a brock after a week spent in rural sport and distinguished by the most frank attentions on the part of his honest landlord brown bade adieu to the banks of the little and the hospitality of charlie's hope the children with all of whom he had now become an intimate and a favourite roared manfully in full chorus at his departure and he was obliged to promise twenty times that he would soon return and play over all their favourite tunes upon the flageolet till they had got them by heart come back again captain said one little sturdy fellow and jenny will be your wife jenny was about eleven years old she ran and hid herself behind her mammy captain come back said a little fat rollabout girl of six holding her mouth up to be kissed and i'll be your wife my ain self they must be of harder mould than i thought brown who could part from so many kind hearts with indifference the good dame too with matron modesty and an affectionate simplicity that marked the olden time offered her cheek to the departing guest it's little the like of us can do she said little indeed but yet if there were but anything now my dear mrs dinmont you embolden me to make a request would you but have the kindness to weave me or work me just such a grey plaid as the good man wears he had learned the language and feelings of the country even during the short time of his residence and was aware of the pleasure the request would confer 
a tate o wool would be scarce among us said the good wife brightening if ye shouldna have that and as good a twill as ever came off a pim i'll speak to johnny goodshire the weaver at the castletown the morn fare ye well sir and may ye be just as happy yourself as ye like to see a body else and that would be a sair wish to some folk i must not omit to mention that our traveller left his trusty attendant wasp to be a guest at charlie's hope for a season he foresaw that he might prove a troublesome attendant in the event of his being in any situation where secrecy and concealment might be necessary he was therefore consigned to the care of the eldest boy who promised in the words of the old song that he should have a bit of his supper a bit of his bed and that he should be engaged in none of those perilous pastimes in which the race of mustard and pepper had suffered frequent mutilation brown now prepared for his journey having taken a temporary farewell of his trusty little companion there is an odd prejudice in these hills in favour of riding every farmer rides well and rides the whole day probably the extent of their large pasture farms and the necessity of surveying them rapidly first introduced this custom or a very zealous antiquary might derive it from the times of the lay of the last minstrel when twenty thousand horsemen assembled at the light of the beacon fires but the truth is undeniable they like to be on horseback and can be with difficulty convinced that any one chooses walking from other motives than those of convenience or necessity accordingly dinmont insisted upon mounting his guest and accompanying him on horseback as far as the nearest town in dumfrieshire where he had directed his baggage to be sent and from which he proposed to pursue his intended journey towards woodbourne the residence of julia mannering upon the way he questioned his companion concerning the character of the fox-hunter but gained little information as he had been called to that office while dinmont was making the round of the highland fairs he was a shake-rag like fellow he said and he dared to say had gypsy blood in his veins but at any rate he was none of the smocks that had been on their quarters in the moss he would ken them well if he saw them again there are some no bad folk among the gypsies too to be sick again added dandy if ever i see that old randall tree of a wife again i'll give her something to buy tobacco i have a great notion she meant me very fair after all when they were about to part the good farmer held brown long by the hand and at length said captain the woo's so well up the year that it's paid all the rent and we have nothing to do with the rust of the siller when ailey has her new gown and the bairns their bits o' duds now i was thinking of some safe hand to put it into for it's o'er muckle to wear on brandy and sugar now i have heard that you army gentlemen can sometimes buy yourselves up a step and if a hundred or twa would help ye on such an occasion the bits scrape o your pen would be as good to me as the siller 
and ye might just take your own time a-settling it it would be a great convenience to me brown who felt the full delicacy that wished to disguise the conferring an obligation under the show of asking a favour thanked his grateful friend most heartily and assured him he would have recourse to his purse without scruple should circumstances ever render it convenient for him and thus they parted with many expressions of mutual regard End of volume one chapter twenty six